must develop new mindsets. People often argue with me when I say, working two jobs is a waste of time. It's always a debate. But I ask you this question. If time is our most valuable asset and one full-time job is paying you something, 98% of people won't get two full-time jobs. So the second job you're getting is often a part-time job that's paying you less. So are we now selling the same asset of the same value for a lesser price? I always say that the better thing to do is to learn a skill set. Because if we learn how to live off profits instead of wages, we tap into a whole new economic cycle. I understand that the second job may be helping you. I understand that the second job may be helping you get through certain things. But as long as you lean on that second job, instead of your own skill set and your ability, that second job will always be a false sense of security. Fail. Just think about that word for a second. Fear always interrupts legacy. It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper, man. Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesday. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Hey, I don't know how to turn it up a little bit from right here, y'all. I'm getting funky with this thing. You hear me? All right, man. We're going to welcome y'all to another amazing episode. Let's just take a minute right quick to... We on episode 21. 21. Can you do something for me? Huh? Welcome to episode 21 a trapping Tuesday, man. Before we get started, before we get started, today, give me something, baby. Give me something. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that. Do it. Five, ten seconds. Ten seconds. Well, that's his breakdown. That's his breakdown. I'm feeling that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, I like that, Tony. Baseline. brother Tootie, man. He always got some fire for us, man. 
Let's go, man. Man, today I feel good, man. In the chat right quick, right? In the chat right quick, I want you to tell me how you feeling tonight, man. I feel good. Shout out to George in the building, Dindy in the building, Jose in the building, Brandon in the building. You already know Tweet in the building. And we got Dave in the back, man. You know what I'm talking about? It's love up in here, man. I appreciate each and every one of y'all, man. But more than importantly, man, we do this for y'all. That's right. We do this for all the trappers out there. We do this for everybody that tune in each and every Tuesday religiously. As we build, as we grow, as we get better, yo, we just want y'all to be pleased, man. So right now, man, I, some new gear came in. The hoodie joints, the hoodie cream joints came in. And uh, I'm feeling kind of good. I'm feeling kind of good about that. I'm feeling kind of good about that. All right, man, so before we get started, man, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe to the channel. Do me a favor, man. Send this out to somebody. Send this out to somebody. Let them know. Trap in the building. And tonight, he going to be talking that talk. <sighs> I'm so inspired, man. This week, man, we went home. Went back to my city in New Orleans. And we did a toy drive, man. We did a give back. Um, this was just, it was such an amazing event for me. It was such an amazing event for the trappers. Literally, we spent $40,000 in Target. And then I was like, yo, we need some more bikes, man. And so we went to Walmart and we spent another $20,000 on bikes. On, I'm not gonna lie, I was like a big kid, yo. I saw the little Nerf guns. I saw all kinds. I just went to throwing stuff in that thing. Before I knew I had to spend another $25,000, man. I know my account would be mad at me, man. Like, bro, that wasn't the goal. But, man, it's always love and it's always a blessing to give back. Um, again, truly, 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 man, I love my city. Um, and it's always just amazing for me to give back. And I know sometimes, you know, I had somebody call me and say, man, you know, we could be doing more than just giving toys away. And, and in my mind, I said, nah, we, we can't be doing more. We can't be doing more. But I don't want to not do this. Because this means so much to me because I remember as a kid, you know, in New Orleans, they have this thing called a doll and toy fund. We used to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we used to go walk to the Superdome, and we used to stand there for three or four hours to get one toy. And, but we never knew who was giving us those toys. And so in my mind, I said, if I'm ever blessed to be in a situation where I can give back and it doesn't hurt me, I'm going to do it. Because what I like to do is I like to do what's called, I like to add to my abundant balance sheet. I like to make deposits in my abundance balance sheet. And what that is, is I like to keep depositing into people, keep depositing abundance in good situations so that whenever my day comes, 
whenever my day come. <clears throat> and God said, all right, trap. Here's the good. Here's the bad. I can say, but God. Hey, <laughs> my abundance balance sheet is heavy. My gift back. Hey, my gift back balance sheet is heavy. I know I did that over there. I ain't perfect. But the abundance balance sheet, the give back balance sheet, that thing is sufficient. It don't got insufficient on it. <laughs> Jose, it don't got insufficient funds on my give back balance sheet. You feel me? And so, you know, I want to do so much in my city. Um, there's so many things I want to do. You know, as far as teaching kids financial literacy, as far as getting into schools, you know, I, I plan on doing that as I grow and as I get better um, and as I learn more. And I'm not perfect, but God damn it, my abundance balance sheet going to be heavy, man. God, God, God. <laughs> Where my money thing at? There we go. You dig? So I got to, I got to, I got to. So I'm going to keep giving back, man. I love doing it. Next year, I said I want to go bigger. I want to go better. Um, I want to impact more. I'm not going to lie. There's no better feeling. <clears throat> there's no better feeling than giving back, man. I promise you there's not a better feeling for all my travelers that was there. I can promise you, like, just giving away toys, man, there's no better feeling like, I went to sleep that night knowing I did God's work. I'm not going to lie. Like, because what I understand and what I know is this, and I know I'm supposed to be talking about stocks right now, but this is on my heart. I knew this. I know this, and this is what I know for sure. There were people in that line that wasn't going to be able to get their kids nothing for Christmas. It's been a tough year. DD, thank you for the super jack, queen. There were people in that line that literally came to us and was like, Trap, man, I appreciate you so much because I wasn't going to give my kid nothing this year. They had people in that line that said, Trap, I appreciate this because this is all my kid going to get. It's been one of them years. And what we got to realize that in life, sometimes we just be having one of them years. I know they got a lot of people that's, I'm balling, I'm good, it's food on in next season. But they got some people that's really just struggling, trying to figure it out. It's one of them years. The average household in America savings has been depleted by 38%. Think about that. The household income has also depleted by 27%. So people are running through their savings. People are household income is coming down. Why? Because jobs are firing. Credit card balance is up 78%. It's one of them years. The average person, they say, is behind at least 30 to 60 days on some type of bill. It's one of them years. 
So if God has blessed me, God has put me in a position to be able to give back $30,000, dollars $50,000, yo, that's nothing. That's nothing to see a kid smile. But more, even, even more important, yo, even more important. And I know some people ain't going to like this, but I don't care. It's to know that it came from a black man. That's a fact. It's to know that this came, this bike I just got, this gift card I just got, this toy I just got, and this came from somebody that looked like me. Representation is everything. Representation is everything. And I want that to also inspire the people who came with me to say, hey, bro, like one year, I'm going to do this. And my thing to them is, how can I help you? How can I help you give back to your community? So many people came to me and was like, say, bro, you making a city Look good. I say, bro, we need it. Our kids in New Orleans, our kids in every inner city, they need representation. They need black male imagery. They need black female imagery. They need to see, black boys need to see black men in positive images. Black little girls need to see black women in positive imagery. I'm not talking about nothing else. I'm just saying we need representation. So if somebody on Instagram or you call yourself a successful entrepreneur, I challenge you to give back. I challenge you in 2023 to give back. I'm not mad at you for the Chanel bags. I'm not mad. I'm not even about to get on. I'm not mad at you for none of the designer stuff you do. That's cool. You worked hard for it. But I challenge you to give back. Because this one of them years. So when I say Wall Street looks like us now, that's what I'm talking about. I ain't tripping on you going to no hood. I ain't tripping on you going to no store, buying none of them bags. You worked hard for that. I ain't tripping on that. But what I want you to do is go back to your hood and give them something. You're a successful woman. Them little girls need to see you. Because everything they hear on the radio right now, everything they hear on the radio right now, Everything they see on TikTok right now, everything they see on TV right now is not good representation. Them little girls need to see you. They need to see you as a successful business owner. They need to see you as a successful career woman. They need to see you as a fully clothed woman. You ain't got to be perfect. 
But they need to see that. Because that's representation. That make them look in the mirror and say, I want to be like her. Oh, you mean I can, I can be smart? You mean I can have my clothes on? That's what I want to be. If you're a black man, you need to go back to your hood and do something. You know why? Because they need to see. I'm going to be real. Them black boys going to fight you. Because we tough. But because you come from where they come from, you understand that fight. All right, man, I ain't going to hold on to too long, man. I was just in my zone. I was just in my bed. Welcome to Travis Tudors, man. Episode 21. We're going to the Christmas holiday on a good note. Let me say this right quick, though. Before we go, let me say this right quick before we get into this episode. Ooh, yo, I'm feeling good right now, y'all. Tootie over here like this. Look, y'all. Tootie doing this. All right, bro. All right, here. <laughs> All right, check it, check it, check it. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. We are dropping a Christmas special. It's right. At 2 o'clock Eastern time. 2 o'clock Eastern time. We are dropping a Christmas special. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it down on your calendar. I want everybody, you're going to be with your family. You're going to be with your family I want you to let your people know, hey, this is the dude I was talking about for Thanksgiving. This is him on Christmas. Christmas special. We dropping it at 2 o'clock, man. Let's go, man. All right, man, let's get into it, man. Man, we got some heavy facts to talk about this week, man. A lot of stuff been going on. But before we get into it, let's go, y'all. Hand over your heart. It's time for the mantra. You know how it go, right? I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I am confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free my fam, myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based on the information I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today, I break all chains that anchor me to the poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned my last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today, I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect to my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper, and Wall Street looks like us now. Let's go, y'all. Let's give a round of applause, man. Let's get started, man. Let's get started, man. Let's get started, man. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, man. 
Let's get it, man. We're going to get into word on the street, man. Listen, the Dow Jones was actually, hey, I'm going to be real with you. Today was a breath of fresh air, y'all. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Yo, today was a breath of fresh air. We snapped a four-day losing streak. We definitely got to show y'all the, the recession portfolio, right? Definitely taking a little hit, but we still good, right? We still good. So today, uh, the Dow Jones was up. Uh, the Dow Jones was led by Chevron, Walt Disney, and Boeing. The Dow Laggers was 3M, Home Depot, and United Health Care. 3M is a big company. I think I ought to use 3M as bringing on a brick one day. All right. Next, man, we got the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. We got the NASDAQ. So the NASDAQ uh, was led by Moderna, Adobe, and Meta. Now, we're going to get into Meta. We're going to get into Meta because they may be on something different. Hey! Mark may be up to something. Mark went to court today. Mark went to court today. Mark went to court today because Mark is trying to buy uh, another business and it's going against the antitrust law. So he's buying a virtual reality business. <laughs> Nobody has bought more companies than Mark Zuckerberg, yo. Nobody has bought more companies than Mark Zuckerberg, yo. So Mark is trying to create a monopoly. Now, it's going to be... Here's what I'm, mark my word on this. Mark my word on this. Mark Zuckerberg and Apple will be two of the biggest players in the virtual reality space. I promise you. I promise you. Mark and Apple will be two of the biggest players in the virtual reality space. Now, check this out. Here's a little thing that, here's a plot twist. Here's a plot twist that happened recently. Now, because Mark was in court today, here's why he's in court. Here's why he's in court. Because they realized this. They realized this. Watch what I'm about to say. Watch what I'm about to tell you. They realized that letting Mark Zuckerberg buy Instagram was the worst mistake they ever had made. They realized that. Whether you like Facebook or not, here's the thing. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger are in the top 10 most used social media apps. Top 10. Mark is also cutting back on spending from 10 billion. He's cutting back on spending from 10 billion, he's gotten the reels. He got reels is like popping. It's not good as TikTok. We're gonna talk about that. But he got reels popping. It's actually profitable right now, right? He's actually increasing user engagement again. I'm like, ooh, Mark, I'm just, <laughs> I be saying this all the time. Like, you can't count people like him out. They'll take a, like, we, we, we gotta zoom out. You, got, you can't count him out. Like, he a fighter. Now, he has lost some key people in his staff, but we can't count him out. All right, next, man. So we got the S&P 500. Uh, so what I want to say, what I like about this is Halliburton, 
Newmont Mining and Schlumberg actually led the S&P today. Now, here's what I like about that. Last week, last week, up to this week, well, last week, oil stocks went down 13%. I'm not going to lie. That punched the recession portfolio in the face. I was mad. Remember, that's the catalyst to the recession portfolio. This week alone is up 9%. Right, the biggest S&P losers today was Clorox, Equifax, and Hasbro. Equifax, stop playing with people credit too, man. Shout out to me, y'all, because a couple years ago I had a 600 credit score. Our credit score right now is 780. Shout out to me, man. Shout out to Trap, man. Shout out to Trap. Can I get a hand clap for that? Right, hand clap for that, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. All right. So before we get into the heat check, uh, Dave, let's show the people. The recession portfolio. Got to show the people recession portfolio, Dave. Let's show it to them, man. Right quick. Let's show them the recession portfolio. So they can just check it out. They can check it out. We got we to gotta keep it real. We got to show y'all, you know, how we doing. We got to show y'all uh, what's going on with that thing. What are we looking like? All right. So as you can see, right, as you can see here. 1220. 2022. Uh, so you remember we was at 105,000. We got up to 105,000 on the year. So we was up 105,000 and we was up 26% on the year. Uh, we down to 15%. Today we did $5,000 in gains. I'm going to keep it real with y'all, man. Old Realty and T Roll price really killing me, man. I'm not going to lie, man. And these were the, uh, T-Row was the only one that was in the portfolio before the year. Everything else I added during the year. Man, T-Row price is whooping me, man. I averaged down into it, got it down. I had a green day on it. And, man, it's down, it's down 12% now, bro. It's, it's, it's making, it's dragging my portfolio. Old Realty is like chipping away at my portfolio. But, uh, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but you can see, man, my oil stocks went up. Uh, TPL, TPL be going crazy. Lockheed Martin, uh, Eli Lilly, uh, Lockheed Martin. Um, I'm up 64000 on this. My portfolio really be crazy. T-Roll price is down $7,000. Boy, it's really whooping my butt, man. But, but still, we're not mad at it because here's what I want you to understand. Every stock in your portfolio won't be green. Every stock won't be green, man. That's just, it just is what it is. Um, I'm not going to cut my losses on it. I'm not going to kill it. I'm thinking about it, but I want to, I want to see, man. I think on the other side, here's my synopsis. Here's my thesis behind it. I think on the other side of this recession, bank stocks just don't do good in these type of environments. Uh, so I'm thinking that on the other side of this environment, uh, T-Roll price may turn around. I will have to average down into old realty. That just is what it is. I'm not afraid of that. But T-Row price is really the, the, the one that's really busting me over the head. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think on the other side of this, it'll turn around. And as it turns around, we'll, we'll just pay close attention to it. I'm not mad at it. Again, even with everything going on, we still up 
15%, 16%, $72,000 on a year, if the market don't just collapse in the last two weeks, we'll finish the year. Remember, the S&P 500 right now is down 18%, 19% on a year, right? The S&P 500 is down 19% on a year. I am up 15, 16% on the year. I am whooping the S&P's ass. Right? And so here's what I want everybody to understand. I want everybody to know this, man. Now's the time for anybody teaching you anything about the market to show and prove. Now is the time for anybody who is teaching you anything about the market to show and prove. And here's why. This is the time where people need clear guidance. Right? Like anybody could have taught you when the stock market was going up. The reason why we started the recession portfolio, this is real talk, this is real money. The reason why we started the recession portfolio was because I said to myself, if I am going to teach people fundamental analysis, I got to prove to them that I can beat the market in a down market. I got to prove it. And if I can't prove it, I cannot say. I cannot say that I'm a fundamental investor. I cannot say that I'm a great fundamental investor. I cannot say that to people if I will not beat the market during a recession. So some people ask, Trap, when you gonna take profits? Yo, the goal, and here's what I want y'all to understand, and I say this every week, y'all. Every week I say this to y'all. None of my positions are up 100%. Why, why am I taking profits on 10%, 15%, 20%, 30% gains? The goal is to build those positions as big as possible. Let your runners run. Let your runners run. You don't have to take profits, y'all. Stop being in a rush to take profit. You make 10, 50, you know what I'm saying? I'm up $5,000 on Eli Lilly. I don't want to take no profits right there. I'm up $4,000 on Costco. I don't want to take no profits there. All right, I'm up $11,000 on Lockheed Martin. I don't want to take no profits there. Now, I'm up $64,000 on TPL. You may want to take profits there, but I don't want to take profits there. Why? Where am I taking profits to put them at? Right? Only take profit when you are taking those profits and you got somewhere else to put them at. Right? Only take profits. You should only be taking profits, at least for me. I'm only taking profits when I have somewhere else to put them at. I don't have another position. Remember, I told you I'm maxing out at 10 slots on this. Once I get the 10 spots, I'm not putting no more in here. My goal is to let this portfolio Whoop the market's butt. We up 16%. The market is down 19%. I'm whooping. I'm whooping. So I want you to understand this. Anybody, I don't care who it is. If they are teaching you trading, make them show you trading. Show me you winning. Show me you winning. Now, you probably had to do it before, but right now, they need to show you they winning. If they're teaching long-term investments, I need you to show me something. And it's only because most people, watch this, y'all, most people did make money 
over the last two years. Most people did make money because the market was soaring. Now you see who the real traders are. Now you see who the real investors are. People who have plans, people who have enter and exit strategies, those people now are sticking to their guns. Those are the people you want to learn from. Shout out to the homie Aristotle Investments. Shout out to Terry. I know for sure they're going crazy. That's what they do. So during this market, as a fundamental investor, we up 16%. We was up 26%. I'm going to leave that there. Let's go. Let's go, Dave. Let's get that heat check, man. <laughs> Hit the like button, man. We going in tonight, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great episode. It's going to be a great episode, man. All right. As we go, so today we talk about the heat check, man. The put-call ratio, remember, anything at one or more means the market is all kind of bearish, right? Today we ended up with a green day, right? We ended up with a green day, but check this out. Look how close it was. We had 3,325,719 calls in today. We had 3,259,000. 774 puts today. That means the market was indecisive. But guess what? Energy stocks kept the S&P up. Energy stocks kept the S&P up. All right, let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's go. So we're looking at the industries, man. We're talking about consumer discretionary. Uh, consumer staples, energy up almost 2% today, right? Remember, that's the catalyst to the recession portfolio. Financials, that's what T. T Rowe price at. It's kind of getting, they ain't moving that much. Healthcare, uh, industrials, materials, real estate is getting whooped. Communications and utilities, man. These are the top 10 industries, man. Let's go, man. I'd like to give you I just like to give you a, a, a idea of what's going on. All right, watch this, y'all. Carvana is the worst stock in the S&P 500. The stock is down 98% year to date. Now, here's what most people going to do. Most people going to look at this and say, I'm about to buy this dip. Most people will look at this and say, this is a stock that I want to buy. So right now, I want to talk to you about something. This is not just a damaged stock. This is a damaged company. It's two completely different things. A damaged stock is a stock that the company may not like right now. I mean, that the market may not like right now. Right? They may have, a, they may, even the company may still be producing good. The company may be having a couple issues, but the market may not just be in favor of that company at the time. That's okay. A damaged stock, I mean, a damaged company is a company with internal issues, bad balance sheet, bad management, no moat at all, no competitive edge at all. Operating margins are too high. 
right? There's a lot of things inside of this company that needs to be fixed. And if those things don't get fixed, this stock will not be good. There's a difference. There's a difference between a damaged stock and a damaged company. I don't mind buying a damaged stock because the fundamentals are still good. A damaged company has a lot of internal issues that they have to fix. This is a damaged company, and I truly want all my trappers to stay away. Okay. We're gonna flush that one. We're gonna flush that. We're gonna flush that one. We're gonna flush that one. We're gonna flush that one out, you hear me? All right, man, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, so one of the things I want us to look at moving forward is check this out. And I thought about this. I want us to start looking at the five categories in which we place our stock. This is important, right? So you have your micro cap, right? You have your micro cap. So we talk about 300 million, uh, 50 million to 300 million. I'm gonna say this. If you don't have a high risk tolerance, stay away. If you don't have a high risk tolerance, stay away. These companies do have huge upsides. They have huge upsides, but the volatility here is high. If you're a new trapper, stay away. If you're still just chilling on the porch, kick your feet, Jose, don't laugh. <laughs> I want you to stay away. That ain't for you. You feel me? All right, then we got the small caps. All right, now, this is for, this is for those who have some skin in the game. This is for the people, if you're a trapper, I've taught you how to get there. You got to have a little skin in the game. You not panicking when the people come. Right? When they kicking in doors, you ain't making no sudden moves. You're chilling. Small cap stocks have great upside. They're solid businesses, huge upside growth. If you don't, stay away if you're not with it. From 300 million to 2 billion in market cap. All right? Then we got the mid cap stocks. So these are kind of like, I would call these our, these are our young bucks. Remember I talk about young bucks, gangsters, and OGs. The mid cap is our young bucks, right? They are young bucks. They rowdy. They with the, they with the, they with the smoke. But, but, they done been in the game a little bit. They done been, shout out to my brethren. Shout out to my brethren, Ace Hood, man, my brethren in the building. You did. All right, so then we got the, then we got the large cap. All right, let me go back. So we got the mid cap. So mid cap stocks, they, 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 they're less volatile than small cap, right? But they not as stable as large cap. All right? Then we got the large cap. So we got the McDonald's, we got the IBM. 
right? So these are the ones that have been around for a while. They got a little bread. They got a little stability, right? And then we got the mega cap. We talk big boys. We talk about your Apples, your Amazon, your Microsofts. We talk about them. So I want you to break your stuff down into these five categories. Now, watch this. We're going to go a little further. Because like, I want you to dig. I want you to dig. Let's go a little further. Let's go to this next slide. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, when you make your list out, it's a clip. When you make your list out, I want you to write this on your list. Dirt cheap, undervalued, fair value, pricey, expensive. Let's go, y'all. We're going to teach right now. It's a teaching moment. For the dirt cheap stocks, remember, dirt cheap, you want this to be a damaged stock, not a damaged company. It's a beaten down stock and it's oversold due to news because certain news can make a stock go cheap. All right, then we're going to go to undervalued. Undervalued is a stock that's being sold a little less than what it's worth. A little less than what it's worth. It's not dirt cheap, but it's, it's, it's like the stock called is regular $10.99 at fair value. Right now, they're selling it for $8.99. It's undervalued, but it ain't dirt cheap. It ain't $3.99. It ain't clearance sale cheap, right? It ain't, it ain't trapping in a drought cheap, right? It ain't, it's a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, then we got fair value. Like the market is selling it for what it's worth, right? The market is selling to you for what it's worth. And then we got pricey. So like it's $10.99, like the plug ain't adding no, the plug done put a couple points on the pack. We'll put it like that for all my travels, right? The middle man will put a little point, like he got it from the plug, the plug charged him 12, he charged you 12.5. Like damn. So it's pricey. It ain't too pricey, but it's pricey. It's in our range. You with me? We chatting right now? All right. And then we're going to go with expensive. The plug charged him 12.5. He charged us 17.5. We stay away. We stay away. Here's why. Because at 17.5, we know one thing. A drought is coming. And when a drought comes, we can get it for 12.5. Man, man, man. Don't tell me that was no board, bro. That was no board. Hey, 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 hey. This is Wall Street chapping all about right here. This is what we talking about right here. You feel me? You feel me? Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. We trapping tonight. All right, so, man, another thing, man. Ooh, this is crazy. Remember when Trap said this? Remember when Trap said this? Remember when Trap said this? Amazon will go lower than $90. Trap said this. We said Amazon will go lower than $90. It is now $84. We said this when Amazon was at 120. We said this when it was 120. Hey, don't touch it because it's expensive. 
It was expensive. It was expensive. I say, hey, it's going to go under 190. It's at 84. I'm giving it a $77 price range. Jose, mark that. Episode 21, Trap said, Amazon, $77 price range. Read them in wheat, baby. Ma Ooh. The new segment we coming up with is Mark My Word. I like that. Mark my word. Mark my word. Mark my word. All right, man. So Amazon erases all of its gains since 2020 and has now dropped to its lowest since 2008. Yo, I mean, everything it made from 2020 to now is gone. It's gone. They're back at square one. So here's what I tell people all the time, right? You cannot buy every dip because you're going to run out of chip. And what happens when you run out of chip for the dip? What happens? This is why we take our time. That's why we take our time. Every dip isn't a buying opportunity. This is why it's important for us to understand what? Value. So this is why I gave you, go back to the last slide, um, Dave. Go back to the last slide. That's why I gave you this. So now we start writing down every stock, dirt cheap, undervalued, fair value, pricey, expensive. And every time we look at a stock, we put it there. Boom. I like it, but where is it right now? Where is it? I like this stock. Where is it? It's fair value. Okay, cool. I like the stock. Where is it right now? It's pricey. I like this stock. Where it is right now? It's expensive. I like this stock. Where is it right now? It's undervalued. Now what happens is you've given yourself a blueprint. You've given yourself order. You've given yourself direction. You've given yourself a plan. So now you're not just buying. You know where it's at. Until you move that stock to fair value, you don't touch it. Until you take the stock on your list and do something like this. Until you do something like this, you don't touch it. Until you do this, you don't touch it. You don't touch it. Until it go over here. Until it's over here, we don't touch it, y'all, because investing is about a game of returns. It's about getting the best return for your money. Man, God damn. God. <laughs> that boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Boy, good. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. All right. So, tell this out. We just entered earnings season. We just entered earnings season, and we have now. Oh, Dave, do we got the price targets in the graphs? Yes. All right. Hit him up. Ask him where that's at. Tell him about plant. All right, so check this out. Earnings, this is important for y'all to see. So earnings on October 1st were estimated to go up by 5.8%. What does that mean? That means that even in a slow market, because companies were bringing down their price targets, they were saying their earnings were supposed to increase. Watch this. 
as of today, they're saying companies will earn less by 1.1%. The question that is, are we in a earnings recession? Okay, Trap, I don't, I don't know what that mean. What does that mean, Trap? Like, break that down to me. Give me a little more insight on that, all right? So an earnings recession means that companies are earning 5 to 20% less than what they were earning before, all right? So remember, the bread and butter and the oxygen of any company is how much money can it earn? Thank you, Queen, for the super chat. I appreciate you, right? So are we in an earnings recession? So what I want you to start doing is this. Here's what you're going to do. Like this, this easy homework for you. If you're going to be an investor, I want you to go look at the company that you're about to invest in and go see how much they earned this quarter. Then go see how much they earned last quarter. Has the earnings decreased? And if so, by how much? An earnings recession is when companies in the market are predicted to earn 20 from 5% less to 20% less. An earnings recession now puts the market in a bad place. Because here's the thing, man, this is good, this is good. I like when I get in my bag like this. Watch this. When companies start earning less, they start moving the goalposts back, investors see that, and when investors see that, they start selling. Why do they start selling? Because they understand that the consumer behavior has tightened up. When the consumer starts to spend less, companies start to earn, more, earn less, inventory sits on the shelves, companies get sold off, we get an opportunity to move our company from expensive to pricey to fair value to undervalued to cheap. God dang, that shit's cool. Turn it up. Jose, we got to get an Ace Hood button, bruh. We got to get an Ace Hood button. Straight up, my brethren. We got to get an Ace Hood button. I got to figure out. I got to figure out which, which snippet we going to use over here. Brethren. <laughs> we got to get an Ace Hood button. All right, so let's check it out, y'all. Inflation, watch this, inflation trends continue as the Fed will add another 25 points. Watch this. Many, many people will miss the rebound as they focus more on the recession than they focus on the companies. Let's talk about that. Let's go to the next. Let's go to the next one. Watch this. Many companies, many people will so, they will look at the recession so much. We're in a recession. We're in a recession. We're in a recession. We're in a recession. The fear will take them out of the market. Dave, question. Pull up that slide for, we looked at it yesterday for time in the market. Remember that slide? So white when it has one day, five day, 10 day. I mean, one day, uh, one month, five year, 10 year. We got that. When you get that, pull that up for me. Yo, we in the moment. I'm in my bag right now. Tootie better leave me alone. Right here. Check it out. Let's teach right quick. Let's teach right quick. So most people will miss the recession. Most people will focus so hard on the recession, they'll miss the opportunity. In the chat, I need you to say opportunity. Say opportunity. Most people will miss the, they will focus on a recession and miss the opportunity. Watch this. Here's how you win at this game. 
about to put y'all on. Now, I'm not the person that's going to tell you this all the time. You got to hold a company for 20 years. I'm not that person. I honestly think that's the lame way out. I'm going to keep it real with you. That's like the weatherman saying this to you. It's going to rain. Well, when is it going to rain? One day this month. I don't know. What? You're the weatherman. When is it going to rain one day this year? It's going to rain one day this year. What you mean it's going to rain? Like, I need some specifics. All right, so here's what I want to tell you. For me, I feel like you should hold a stock at least anywhere from two to five years should be your holding period. Because one, first of all, one year allows you to do what? Get into the, beat capital gains tax. One year in a day. One year in a day helps you beat capital gains tax. But Peter Lynch told us great stocks don't really start performing well till year two and three. I'm following the Peter Lynch method. Now, here's what I will say. After year three, you can trim some of the profit and move it somewhere else. Because at this point, it should be returning for you how you want. I'm not about to tell you you got to hold a stock for 20 years, bro. That's the easy way out. You want everything to be a Roth IRA? Everything ain't got to be a Roth IRA, fam. You feel me? Don't Stop letting people tell you all that. Hold a stock for 20 years. Stop letting people tell you that, man. Right? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Right? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But don't let that be like, the, hold a stock for 20 years. Man, shut up. All right. So let's look at it. Let's look at it. You have a 46% chance of losing if you hold a stock for one day. 46% chance. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You have a, you lose, your, your loss goes down to 38% if you hold it for one month. Watch this. Watch this. The percentage goes down to 33% if you hold it for one year, one quarter. Watch this. It goes down to 27% if you hold it for one year. I want you to understand something. Your loss goes down. Why? Because the market is a what mechanism? Forward looking. So the longer you hold it, the more you give the stock time to perform. Let's go a little further. Three years, you go from 46% to a 17% chance of losing money just by holding the stock three years. Now, I'm going to say this to everybody in here. If you can't hold a stock for three years, you don't need to be invested. I'm going to just keep it real. Some of y'all got money that been sitting in the savings. Y'all been playing with that same five, $10,000 for three years in your savings account. You take out $2,000, it go to $8,000, you spend it, you put it back. You've you been doing that for three years already. You keep playing the same thing. I can't go under. I can't go under eight thousand. I know you've been asking me how I know. I was there before. I can't go under five thousand. I go under five thousand. I feel. I feel some type of way. So you get the five thousand. Then, then you try to save everything back up to get the ten thousand again, right? Then you spend the five thousand. I can't get under five thousand. There's an area in your savings account where you feel like you in the red. Whatever that number may be. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in a bind, Nate. My <laughs> mother. There's a number in your bank account where you get to that number, you be like, ah, I can't do that. I ain't, I ain't buying nothing. Everybody got that number. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care where you are in your life. You got that number, right? Now, check it out. From there, we go to five years. 
from five years, you go down 11%. And this is why I say you got to be willing to hold from three to five years. Here's why. Because from three to five years isn't that big of a difference. It's 6%. But from one day to three years is a huge difference. You feel what I'm saying? That's why I say three years. That's why I say three years. From three to five is not that big of a difference. Now, from three to 10 is a big difference. You with me? So I'm telling you, you got to at least be willing to hold a stock for three years if you plan a game. This, for me, this is short-term, this mid-term right here. Three years. We got to be willing to do that. Everybody say three years in the chat. God, damn, we were teachers just now. Jose, we were teachers just now. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to price targets. God, now check this out. A 94% chance of success if you hold a stock for 10 years. I'm not mad at you holding a stock for 10 years. But I'm just saying we not going to just throw this hold a stock for 20 years. We not going to just throw that out there. We not, we not going to just throw that out there like that. We not going to throw that out there like that. All right, so Citibank just gave us some price targets. They said online advertising, Facebook is a buy. They give it a price target. Remember last week's word was price target of $168, okay? They said that Amazon is a buy with a price target of $145. They said DoorDash is a buy with a price target of $100. They're saying that Airbnb is a buy at $140. And Citibank also, I'm sorry, Morgan Stanley came in today and said that Microsoft is their 2023 stock pick of the year. All right? So price targets meaning they're saying that this is what the price that the stock will be. Now, here's what happens. Depending on now, and then they give us a price range. They give us a range. So they're saying in 2023, this is what the stock will get up to. Now, they basing that on current, the market is what? Forward-looking mechanism. It's forward-looking. So they basing on what they see right now, what the company is doing, and what they think you can do moving forward. All right, let's go, man. God damn, we cooking tonight. I told you it's going to be one of the episodes. All right, so let's look at the richest men in the world right quick, man. This is important for us to look at. Uh, and I told y'all this. This dude, Bernard Arnault, man, he's special. He's special. Here's why he's special. Everybody on here, I'm on, let me go back. Six of the people on here actually have tech companies. This dude sell luxury goods, bro. This dude sell luxury goods, bro. This dude sell luxury goods. Meaning he's selling you Louis Vuitton bags. He's selling you Hennessy for all my, for all my, you know, that Hennessy. And that Hennessy don't help. Y'all remember Pac said, and that Hennessy. <laughs> Pac put us on the hen, right? And that Hennessy, and that Hennessy don't help, right? He's selling us Clico. Right, that's for that's for my when you get on a yacht and you pop a bottle, you pop a bottle, click go boop. All right, that's all my yacht people. All right, he's selling you. <laughs> what the dude sell Instagram? Best of lagers. He sell. 
<laughs> he selling you bisalagas. He selling you bisalagas. <laughs> he selling you all I wear is bisalagas. I cut the grass in bisalagas. Yeah, <laughs> look what just came in. Some more bisalagas. Stop. <laughs> My man, oh my. We got to get that clip, bro. I need that, Jose. My clip button got to get full, man. Right? He also sells you Dior. Right? But check it. You're talking about Elon Musk, car company. You know, you, know, you can debate if that's a technology company. Jeff B. Bezos, technology company. Uh, 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 Larry Ellison, technology company. Steve Ballmer, technology company. Larry Page, technology company. Right, Bill Gates used to have a technology company, but he still has a lot of stock in Microsoft. Everybody else will do different things. Warren Buffett, he's all over the place. This dude sells luxury goods. But here's the dope part, what I like about him. 60% of his wealth is in LVMH stock. Like everybody else up here, everybody on this page that we're looking at, their wealth, majority of their wealth, we talking 50% or more, is in some form of stock up here. Now, here's the gangster part about it. What I like about him is this. Not only is it in stock, but it's in holding companies and trust. We talked about that. It's in holding companies and trust. So that means it's protected. It's easily passed on. And that's what we like. We want to put our wealth in situations where it's easily passed on. We're going to laugh, we're going to joke, we're going to have fun on him, but at the same time, we're going to teach, y'all. That's the goal. All right, let's go, man. Let's go, man. All right, moving forward, man. Bet on the consumer for the recession. So here's what I like to say. You know, we always talk about this, man. America is a what? Consumer-based economy. Right? America is a consumer-based economy. So what that means is if the consumer is strong, America thrives. When the consumer is weak, America fails. Here's what we learned. We learned that even in a bad economy, people will still spend money. During Black Friday, credit card debt went up 78%. So here's what I like. I'm not telling you to buy this, but I'm talking about protection. I'm talking about I see Costco is something I own. Exxon is something I own. Chevron I don't own. Visa I don't own. But with these companies, you are 100% betting on the consumer. Why? During recessions, people want to buy stuff in bulk. People want the most bang for their buck. So the most bang for their buck is what? Costco, wholesale packaging. Or Sam's, wholesale packaging. I like Costco's because they have better profit margins than Walmart. People need gas regardless. We see energy is running. And I'm going to just keep it real. Even though I love American Express, Visa is the plug. Visa has the market dominance when it comes to credit card usage. From debit cards to credit cards, Visa is that person. 
I don't want to say that guy because I don't need nobody in the comments saying I'm not a guy, trap, and I don't want I don't, I don't want to get in all that. So is that person, right? So betting on the consumer during a recession is a great thing. So here's some strategies I want you to look at. Here's an investment strategy. So one of the things I like to do is I don't like to just give you stocks and all that. I like to give you strategy behind it. So here's the strategy behind it, right? Buying businesses with high profit margins. One of the things you can do is look at a business compared to its competitors. If the profit margins are higher, this is somewhere you want to look at because a high profit margin to its competitors mean what? The company has a moat. Quote that. Avoid stocks with margin contradicts contractions, meaning if a company's margins are continuously shrinking, you want to step away. You got to understand why those margins are shrinking. This is so key to you being a great investor. This is so key to you being a great investor. If you don't understand nothing else, understand profit margins and competitive advantages, and that will help you as an investor. If you don't understand nothing else, finances one-on-one, profit margins and competitive advantages. What makes this company better than another company? If you can understand that alone, you'll be a great investor. You'll be a certified Wall Street trapper. Let's go, man. God damn, we cooking tonight, man. This is before Christmas, man. Check this out. Most investors agree, millionaire investors agree that stocks will suffer big losses in 2023. Now, we talked about this already, earnings recessions. So now we got to look at is this. We're not not so much listening to what they're saying. Listen to this. This is important. The goal is not to listen to what they say. The goal is to see what they say and then pay attention to the market and see if what they're saying is matching what the market is doing. Yeah. Hey, this game really simple, yeah. I'm going to tell y'all something, bro. Y'all are really smarter than what you give yourself credit for. Y'all don't give yourself credit for being this smart. Because what happens is life be lifing. You caught up with what life going on. And then after life finished doing what it's doing, you need a reprieve. So you go home and you relax and you don't feel like reading. And if you do pick up something to read, guess what you do? Go to sleep. Because you ain't trained yourself to read. But here's what I want you to do for moving forward. This is going to help you. Because I don't care who you is, money motivate everybody. Money just give you a little, uh. every time you read a book about, uh, read some information pertaining to investing, I want you to say this to yourself. I got to read this because this is going to make me some money. That's what I used to do. Man, I got to read this. This is going to get me out of the trap. Every time. Here's what I used to do. I used to read the books. I used to go to sleep with the book. Uh. Here's what I would do. I would wake up with the book on my chest and finish reading it. I trained myself to be a reader. I had to train my, I'm just like y'all, yo. I would read a book and six pages in, I'm asleep. Because what happens is in life, when life be lifing, we be moving. We be moving. The minute we sit still, guess what happened? Your body go in sleep mode. Your body be tired. Your mind tired of thinking. Your mind tired of moving. So your mind is, your mind and your body sit down and it says, oh, it's sleep time. It's sleep time. 
You go to sleep. You got to train your mind. All right, go to sleep. When you wake up, the book right there, boom, I'm about to finish reading. And when you're reading, I need you to say this. This is going to make me some money. The next thing I want you to do while you're reading is this. I want you to get you a highlighter. When you read, you highlight. What that does is it activates another muscle in your brain. It's helping you engage with the book. I'm sure I'm now teaching you how to engage with the God. I'm now teaching you how to engage with the material. You trying to just read. You got to help yourself engage. How do you engage? Start highlighting, start underlining, start writing down stuff on a piece of paper. That's going to keep you engaged. That's going to activate something else different in your brain. Once that activate, you're going to tie the two together. It's kind of like Zapier. If you answer, if you're an entrepreneur, you know Zapier makes everything talk to each other. It makes the Shopify, it makes the, 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 the email, it makes the PayPal, it makes everything talk to each other. When you start highlighting, writing stuff and underlining stuff, you've now connected your brain and your hand and your imagery and your memory with that. God. All right, let's go, man. I ain't going to dwell on it too long. I ain't going to dwell on it too long. All right, so check this out. 21 years. In total, we've had 21 years in total of down markets. Watch this. 18 of those 21 years, we've bounced back. 18. 18 of those 21 years, we've bounced back. So what that means is I'm not necessarily saying 2023 is going to be a bounce back year, but if we go back to historical preference after every down year, which this year is, we have a bounce back year. For us to pay attention is we got to look at are we in a earnings recession or not? All right, let's go. Yeah, we doing good, man. We good time. We good time. All right, so the whales are seated on. So one thing I just noticed was this. Mutual funds have now positioned themselves heavy in cash. So I want you all to understand something. Mutual funds are whales. So these are big institutions that have mutual funds. They have all these different funds. They have a lot of money in the market. When they start taking money out the market, sitting on the sideline, that means stocks go down because how do they get cash positions? They get cash positions by selling positions. So what are they doing? They're taking money out the market, sitting it on a sideline, which is now causing stocks to come down. Another thing Trapper said, this is a mark my words segment. Apple was at 150. Trapper said Apple under 120. Mark my word. Jose, write that down. I need that in the footnotes. I need that in the footnotes, Jose. Apple under 120. Okay. We watching. We watching. Streets is watching. All right, let's go, man. So we see this. Now watch this. Here's what I want you to see. The institutions haven't been like this until 2020, 2013. We're now having the outflow, right? Mutual funds. Look what we're looking at. 2013, minus 62 billion. 2014, 2015, 2016, we see inflows, outflows going up and down, right? Maybe 2018 is a little low. 
Then 2019, boom, look at this, recession. I mean, pandemic, what do we see? Inflows going up. 2021, up. 2022, down. What do we see? We see big investors getting out of the market. That's a big reversal from 101 billion to 116 billion out the market. That shows us a lot. That shows us that the big investors are sitting on the side. But a lot of money went into ETFs. That's cool. But they sitting on the side. As long as they continue to pull out the market, that's moving the market. As long as they are continuing to move out the market, stocks will go down. Remember, we said this. My bottom is 3,200. S&P 3,200, that's my bottom. All right. Let's go, man. God, yo, we teaching the class. This is a master class, bro. It's a goddamn master class, man. This is a, uh, we are orchestrating tonight. Jose, we orchestrating tonight. Like, you know the man in the front like this? We orchestrating. We conducting. That's it, Jose. I need a little thing. The thing. Dun, 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 dun. And then you do this look. Two of them was in a band to do that. There we go. There go my dog. There go my dog. Two of them, give me a beat for a second. Give me a little beat for a second. Just it's like five minutes. 30 seconds, two of them. I want. You walking real slow, dog. Can I get 30 seconds, two of them? Goddamn. Let me get 30 seconds of that beat, y'all. Let's get y'all, right? I know we trapping. Two of them, let me get 30 seconds of the beat right quick. Let me feel that. Drop that beat. Y'all know this two on the track. My dog be cooking. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's that, that's that N.O. shit. Mm-hmm. Talk to him, today. Talk to him, today. I just needed that for a second. I just, I, I, I just needed that for a second. My dog. My dog be in the kitchen cooking, man. All right, man. So I will say this, man. This is 100%. Y'all listen to me. Listen to me well. Y'all know when I tell y'all stay away from something, I want you to stay away from something. The feds done kicked in the dough. The feds done kicked in the dough. Ain't no money to be made right here. It's hot around there. Stay away from office REITs. Okay, let's say it again. Say it again. When somebody come to you and you hear them on, on, on CNBC or Bloomberg talking about office REITs this, office REITs that, I want you to tell them this. Come on, I'm broke, baby. I ain't got no money. Got no money. Shit. I, I see you shining, shine, nigga. You tell him that every time when you see the dude come on CNBC talking about office reads got this and, and, and office reads got that. I want you to remember Trap said to tell him this. I don't care what he talking about. Tell him this. Come on, I'm broke, baby. I ain't got no money. Bullshit. Because he's going to fight you. He's going to give you a bunch of good stats. I want you to tell him I'm broke, bro. I ain't got no money for you, baby. I ain't got no money for you, baby. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why. 
office REITs, real estate investment trust, that in case you don't know what a REIT is, it's a real estate investment trust. It's a way for you to invest in real estate through the stock market. One of the ways is through office REITs. So these are the big buildings that you see inside of, especially in New York, Chicago, Boston, California. They are huge for having office REITs. These are people who like uh, Twitter, Google, they rent these office spaces. Watch this, watch this. I'm going to give y'all some stats. Check this out. Vacant office REITs in New Orleans, I mean in New York City. Watch this. We see all these tech companies having these layoffs. Here's the thing. Here's something that's going on in 2023. They're fighting for a shorter work week. Going from five days to four days. Next. Working from home is a thing. Go back. Working from home will be a thing. Because working from home will be a thing, there will be less people in the office. It's going to be a hybrid. It's going to be something like two days at work, two days at home. I know people doing it right now. So if you got people working from home, companies are going to cut their losses. Companies are going to say, you know what? We just laid off 250,000 people. We just laid off 60,000 people. We're not bringing them back to the office. So what does that mean? Watch this. Layoffs are a big concern. Major companies were among the biggest new leasers. Now, watch this. Tech companies and banks are laying off the most people. Meta, Facebook, is vacating over 250,000 square feet of office space. Watch this, y'all. New York alone has 100 million square feet of available office space. That is the equivalent to 40 Empire State Buildings. That is the equivalent to 40 Empire State Buildings. All right, let's go. Watch this. Here's why. Remote work and pandemic uh, migration, same thing. Average capacity for an office REIT is 48%. That's not even 50%. When we're looking at um, REITs, one of the things we want to always look at is this. Occupational, I mean, not occupational, um, operational uh, releasing. How many people are inside of the building? How many leases are getting refilled? They're at 48%. Usually it's somewhere around 90-something percent, yo. We're at 48%. That's less than half. Watch this. Watch this. So most, you may say, well, Trap, they can turn the office REIT into like condos or something. Well, here's why that won't work. Because it costs more money to transform an office space into a living space. The renovation cost is too high. The borrow the money now is too high. With companies cutting costs, with companies cutting overhead, office REITs will suffer. So here's what I'm telling you. When you're looking at office REITs, I want you to stay away. If you're saying, well, Trap, I'm going to get it for the dividend alone. Well, what happens when the, occup um, the occupancy rate goes from 90-something percent to 48%. That means they not getting the money like they was. So if they not getting the money like they was, what does that mean that's going to happen? That means what? Dividends get cut. 
stay away from office reads. That's my, that's my, that's my play of the day. Play of the day. Stay away from office reads. And that's why. All right, let's go, man. Woo! All right, we got, we got good timing right now. We got good timing. All right, cybersecurity, is it a must-own? Right, so here's the thing. CrowdStrike, Datadog, Okada, and MongoDB, uh, some, a lot of companies are looking into cybersecurity. Here's why. Let's go a little further. Right, here's why. When we look at these companies, right, it is hard for companies to create their own cybersecurity. So what they got to do is reach out to these companies already established. So let's look at some highlights. CrowdStrike, cash flow support keeps us positive. CrowdStrike, positive cash flow. Datadog, leader in um, observability, right? O Okada, like we are positive on Okada's product leadership and competitive positioning. MongoDB, strong execution, expanding cases. Here's the thing why, y'all. Let's think about it. Let's think about it. As companies, as we transition into this data-based economy, as we transition into technology, Companies will need cybersecurity. It's a growing field. They got to protect your data. These are the four big dogs. Now, we, mind you, we've been in CrowdStrike since $54. Be mindful. Watch it. I like cybersecurity going into 2023. I think that is definitely somewhere on your three-year whole list. All right, let's go, man. Let's go, man. All right, here we go, man. So, again, we had some price targets. CrowdStrike is they got it listed at 135 as an outperform, meaning it'll get to 135. Datadog, they're saying it'll get to 101. Okada, they're saying it'll get to 86. And MongoDB, they're saying it'll get to $240, buying it from these current prices. I say put your valuation on it, put it on I-5 and see where it's at and go from there, man. Let's go, man. All right, so let's talk about this right quick, man. Has Tick ran out of time? <laughs> has tick <laughs> hey I be cracking up when I come up with these topics yo. I ain't gonna lie I be like yo, this is a good one right here like you ever be sitting out hey King you ever be sitting out writing that rhyme and you be like oh this is a good one right here this one I <laughs> hey when I send my homie this one I say oh this is a good one has tick <laughs> alright so check it out the people trying to ban TikTok, y'all. Now, they got every right to. Here's why. They're now saying because TikTok is a Chinese-backed uh, company, it is giving China data and information on the American person, the American consumer, right? And so I'm not going to lie. I told you this before. China is good at snatching data. They are China and Russia, that's what they with. That's they smoke. That's they, that's they smoke. Snatching data. That's what they good at. You feel me? That's what they good at. Right? So, they already have 19, I think 19 uh, states that block access to TikTok for government workers. Right? So, TikTok is banned. No, like in government, you cannot have TikTok on your phone. Right, but they have six politicians right now who are in favor of banning TikTok in America all the way around the board. 
all around the board. They just want to ban it. Like, yo, you know what? We don't even want it. Now, I'm going to go back to something. Y'all remember when Orange Face told them people that? Orange Face told them people that. He said, hey, ban TikTok. There is no way we can be beefing with these people. Bad enough, we're getting all our goods and manufacturing from them, and we're going to let their product be the number one product for social media in our economy. And watch this. And they don't even let their kids watch it. They don't even let their kids use it. Orange man told the people that. Now, y'all know I'm not a fan of him, but we got to get emotionally disattached from certain messages because of who delivered it. Orange face knew a little bit about something. I'm going to tell you why. Because he is the prototypical white man in America. He lives and breathes this country. You feel me? He reaped all the benefits, every last benefit that there is for being a white man in America, he get him. You know what it is? Every benefit that there is for being a white man in America, he get him. So the one thing he going to do is stand up for his version of America. And his version of America says that, yo, we don't need them people spying on our kids Taking, because here's the thing, your data is worth more than money. Your data is worth more than money. And what we don't realize is this. All of those games that we play on social media, it's, that's why I don't play none of them. It's a way, it's a way for them to get data on you as a person. So everybody was doing the, the AI cartoon thing, they was extracting data from you. Every time they tell you play the game, this is how you're going to look when you're going to be 80. They're extracting data from you. Every time you say, I like this, I don't, I like that. Every time you gravitate to certain reels, every time you gravitate to certain messages, they're extracting data from you. Right? And so as they extract data from you, they're learning more about you as a consumer. Now, here's the thing. America has to do that. Ain't nothing you can do about that. That's why the phones is bugged. Trappers, stop talking the trap shit on the phone. This shit bugged, bruh. They got the green light on the phone. Stop, stop. I don't care if you got to burn the phone. All that shit burn, all that shit. I got to burn the phone. Trap, no, the burn the phone going to burn you, my guy. It's going to burn you. They got you. Got him. <laughs> You feel me? You feel me? I got trapped. I got the burner phone, fam. No, don't call me on that either, son. Don't call me on that. I'm old school like WeeBay, man. I'm on the on the on the payphone. What's them? Oh, they don't know about WeeBay. They don't know about the Barksdales. Get me on the payphone. Don't call me off the burner phone. It's burning. It's hot. You feel me? But China, if it's so, here, here's, here's my thing about it. Because we, are, because we live in America, America is like, yo, 
We need the data so we can sell you products and services. America is also saying we don't want China with the data because they'll use the data against us. That makes sense? Right. It's like sleeping with the enemy. If we give the enemy the data on our consumer base, the enemy then knows how to make us weak. You feel me? So watch this, though. Watch this, though. Watch this, though. They going heavy on that. Who benefits from that? Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. Who benefits from that? Ooh! Ooh! Yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one, Mark went to court today. Mark went to court today. If they ban TikTok, guess what happened? Everybody got to go back to Mark. If they, if they ban TikTok, everybody got to go back to Mark. Guess what? And then guess what's gonna happen? Everybody who on TikTok. Let me out. <laughs> hey, we cutting up that night, family. Everybody who on TikTok. Yo. Let me out. Let me out. I'll say this. They have found a way to make TikTok extremely engaging for the young people. Right? Like, they jacking, like, Mark is, like, heated at, because ain't nothing he can do about it. But this is good for him. Because it's like they drew a line in the sand, like, okay, Russia and China, like, we already knew what it was, but, like, it's kind of like two people being their eyes and they nitpick, they nitpick, they nitpick, they nitpick, they nitpick with each other. And then it's like, ah, yo, shit done hit the fan. Let's get it. It done hit the fan. And at this part now, like the line, it's the old, put the chip on my shoulder. If you knock the chip off my shoulder, then you know what it is. Like, I don't know if y'all did that very well, but in New Orleans, that was a thing. Put the, put the chip on my shoulder. Put it on my shoulder. I bet you all not on my shoulder. Bet you all not on my shoulder. That's, that's, that's how we knew. Like, we was getting busy, right? Now, if everybody come back to Mark, then Mark and he and this is why I talked about earlier why the people made Facebook a pick for 2023. Because this TikTok ban is heavy and they pushing it. Because there is no way this country like, America be doing some weirdo stuff. It is what it is, bro. But you cannot let the number one app in your country be an app that your enemy don't even let their children use. You just can't do that. Because your data is everything. All right, let's go, man. All right, man, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, so this don't have nothing to do with stocks, but it is definitely something that I got to talk about. 
You know, this is my bread and butter right here. Right? This is, this is my bread and butter, man. And, and this is the one I'm not going to joke about. Y'all know I have a thing. And I always say this. I've said this a million times. Slavery 100% impacted America, especially for African Americans. Right? But I truly believe that nothing dismantled black people in America like the crack era. I truly believe that. And the proof is in the pudding. During the crack era, the black and brown incarceration rate quadrupled. During the crack era, single parent homes in the black communities quadrupled. During the crack era, there was a disproportionate amount of murder in our community. Reaganomics, 100%, introduced us to street capitalism. It, it gave a lot of us a way out. It was our, a lot of us, that was our first introduction to money. It was our, you know, so we didn't, you know, we were, again, financial trauma was a thing. We didn't know the effects of it. So today in 2022, the United States talks, Senate talks about cocaine sentencing. Now, I want to take you back for a second. I want you to think about this for a second. In 1986, mandatory minimums became a thing. And it used a scale of 100 to 1, meaning, listen to, I, want, I want you to listen to this. If you had five grams of crack, they treated it like 500 grams of cocaine. Now, for some people, they may not grasp that. So I'm going to break it down and, again, trapper lingo. Five grams of cocaine is less than a quarter, so it's less than seven grams, it's less than a quarter, it's a little more than an eight ball, right? It's a little more than an eight ball. At best, we talking $300. At best, depending on if it's stepped on or not. At best, that got the same type of sentencing as somebody with a half a brick of coke. Now, half a brick is about 1,008 grams. Right? So 500 grams is a little less. So somebody with $300 worth of crack got sentenced like they had a half a brick of cocaine. You feel me? I need us to understand that. Now, watch this. The person who was on crack, now the sentences were 25 to 1. Watch this, mandatory minimums, meaning the average person who's on crack is what? A, a drug addict, a drug user, which means instead of treating them as someone with a drug problem, we treated them and sentenced them as a criminal. Hear me out. 
The average person who was on cocaine or who was on crack, what they did was they used crack because crack intensifies the dopamine, which is where you get the word dope from, right? Dopamine is a chemical inside of your body, right? It intensifies the dopamine. It gives you a euphoric feeling. What happens is that feeling only lasts 10 seconds. Take a hit. <clears throat> you hit it. It's gone. I need another one. You feel me? Hit again. Oh, shit. God damn. I need another one. Right? It releases the feeling. It's a euphoric feeling that intensifies. And every time you chase that feeling. So instead of treating that person like an addict, we treated them like a drug user. So what happens is, in most cases, we're talking 95% of the cases, when a person goes to jail for crack cocaine, they come home and do what? Get on crack cocaine and get tooted. This is a Christmas episode. I'm on here tonight. Right? So watch this. That person will become a repeat offender. So now what happens is this. On the third strike, you probably get life. Mandatory minimums. This dismantled the black community. What happens then is, because it's such a cheap drug, it's a $10 drug, in the 80s you can actually get nickel pieces. What happens now is, the teacher at school, remember, between 82 and 86, we talking Reaganomics, we talking about the Reagan era. You know what that did? Highest form of unemployment in the black community ever. We still haven't broke that record, ever. Reagan cut welfare in half, Reaganomics. Reagan took away free lunch in poor and disenfranchised communities. Right? We talking about 65 tons of cocaine being pushed in Miami, New Orleans, Chicago, California, New York. Big cities. Hit. Punished. By the drug trade. Watch this. We get from that, from 86 to 2002, 22. This is still an issue. In 2010, it went from 100 to 1 to 18 to 1. We're talking about sentencing now. The deal that's on the table right now reduces it to 2.5 to 1, meaning if you got one year for cocaine, you probably got two and a half years for crack, right? I'm not mad at that, right? But I still think that you should treat crack cocaine, if, I don't know if people still use it, but you should treat crack cocaine the same way you treat opioids. Because what happens is the opioid addiction, with the, it's in our hood too. Every rapper talks about Percocets. You feel me? Well, not every rapper, new rapper. Let's talk about Percocets. Right? I'm going to keep it real with you. Lean is a heavy downer. If, you, if your partner drank, I ain't even going to say it, but if he drank yellow, that's the equivalent to dope. That's liquid dope. You feel me? This should be treated the same way as that. Now, check this out. Here's what happened. 
Republicans say, hey, check this out. We're not about to break that down to 2.5 to 1. They felt some kind of way. They stopped the deal. They stopped the bill from going through. They stopped the bill from going through. My pen, I do no mind. I just gave you an envelope tonight. Better get out of my face. <laughs> you feel me? So what happens is, here's the thing. I need to understand this, y'all. The prison industrial complex is a big business in America. Guess who fills that void? We do. This is why financial literacy is so important. Because we have to be representation. We got to go back and help our people. We got to show them, yo, we got to treat that. Because anything, watch this, anything that gets us out of prison, anything that heals us must be done internally by us because we are only a commodity to them. Prison labor, I did it. I chopped down trees in prison for about four out of my 10 years and I was getting paid 25 cents an hour. And they got trees up on trees. By the time you get to the end, some more trees have started back growing again. All right, let's go. I ain't gonna dwell on it too long. But I just need you to understand that this bill just got blocked. Uh-uh. I need us to understand how much money is being made off us as a commodity in the prison system. And any opportunity to keep us there or take us from it will be met with opposition. All right, let's go, man. All right, man. So, whoo, yo, we was cooking, y'all. God damn, we was cooking. I keep telling y'all, man, we own Tuesdays, y'all. You feel me? We, we, we own Tuesdays, man, right? It's for us. All right, so let's go, man. This segment is called Trapper's Lottery Pick, man. This was a huge, huge, huge. We got a lot of comments and a lot of like, yo, this is a good segment. It's called Trapper's Lottery Pick. Again, I teamed up with my guy, uh, Augury Investments, right? Great dude, man. He is 100% a research junkie. He is like myself, man. Um, he is dedicated to finding great stocks at a great time, at great businesses. So I teamed up with him. Shout out to my guy, Augury Investments. He is amazing. Um, let's get in it, man. So what we want to do with this one is, man, we like to show you and highlight a company. Let me say this right quick before I get started. I am not telling you to invest in this company. I am not telling you to invest in this company. I am not telling you to invest in this company. I'm not telling you to invest in this company. All right, let's break it down. All right, right? Got to put a disclaimer up there, man. You feel me? All right, let's go, man. So the company is Sandridge Energy. Right, engages in the acquisition, development, right, production of oil and natural gas, primarily in the United States, mid-continent. Right, as of December 31st, 2021, it had an interest in uh, net producing wells. Right, they have 368,000 net 
leasehold acres in Oklahoma and Kansas, as well as an estimated provided reserves of 71.3 million barrels of oil. Let's go. This is all coming, right? Let's go a little further, right? Check this out. We feel like the company has significant upside, right? We feel like the price uh, for us is $17.25, right? We feel like the value is at $30 a share. We feel like it has an upside of 50%. That means we feel like it can go up 50% in the next two to five year time horizon, which is where we talk about all the time. Not 20 years, but in three to five years. We feel like this can happen, right? Now check it out. It has a significant upside potential in a world where oil and gas prices will increase. The minimum downside is due to cash stacked on the balance sheet. Right, they have up to 240 million um, on September 30th versus a 636 million dollar market cap. Yo, the amount of oil this, oil this company has is crazy. Let's go a little further, right? So one of the things we want to show you is, right, it has proven reserves value of over 800 million which along with the $240 million on the balance sheet implies that it has a value of over $1 billion, meaning the stock is price range, right? Check this out. It includes land, which apparently includes a numerous amount of wells that generate 6,046-plus rates of return and are allowing the company to grow oil production. To grow oil production at a current rate and kill within this net cash balance. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. So one of the things we want to do is this. I, want, I like to show y'all what we're looking at. Right? So what we see is, we're going to look right here, the book value, $10. That means it's been liquidated everything. Right? Growth value at 19. We, if we discover more oil, remember they got all your land, we can make more money. Terminal value. Right? We feel like the stock's value is at $30.34. We feel like stock price $17. Check it out. Owner earnings, $3.10. Book value, we think they have a discount growth rate of 10%. Yo, we feel like this company can actually do some things. Up here, we got the revenue per share. Owners earn EPS and total revenue per share. Yo, we feel like this. Look, free cash flow margin of 65%, which is good. Remember, we talk about margins all the time. Let's go, man. So we feel like this is an amazing company. Remember, we said, buy this at your own. Do your own research. Shout out to my guy, Augury Investments, man. He's a great guy. Shout out to you, my guy. I love to highlight him. I'm glad we partnered on this. I always want to just give more and more and more value to the trappers, man. Let's go, man. Our certified trapper of the week, man. You know this segment is brought to you by none other than Trap Apparel Inc., man. Trap Apparel Inc. 100% is the uniform for everybody who is dedicated to building wealth, whether it's through stocks, whether it's through real estate, whatever it is. If you are dedicated to building wealth, Trap Apparel Inc. is your uniform. Merch will be released next month. <sighs> Let's go, y'all. Certified Trap of the Week, man. You know, we like to highlight African Americans who've done great things for this country that may be overlooked. This week's certified trapper is Samuel Wilcox, man. Shout out to this handsome fella, man. By the 1850s, man, Wilcox became one of the largest dealers provisions of provisions in the city and establishing commercial links with New Orleans and New York. With his businesses occurring 
about 140,000 annually, which is equivalent to $4.2 million today. He built a large wholesale market in New York, Boston, and Baltimore. When asked, why did he get into the grocery store business? Because that's what he had. He said, I could have bought a land, I could have bought a farm to live on, but I wanted to show if I could do it, that any colored person in America could do the same thing besides being a barber. Shout out to the guy, Samuel Wilcox, man. He was an American business owner. Uh, he had his fancy and staple grocery stores all over from Cincinnati. They sold premium brands, ham, um, dried fruit, soap, and other items, man. Shout out to the king, man. Salute you, my guy. I got number love for you. We will definitely keep on. We 21 weeks in and we 21 different stories, man. Let's go, man. This week's, we coming to the end, y'all. This week's Breaking Out of Brick is WD-40. Bro, everybody, bro, I'm going to keep it real true. Like, everybody had, bro, I'm going to keep it real true. If you don't got a can of this somewhere around your house, like, I'm going to use the old Joe Biden saying, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. <laughs> let that man get away with saying that, bro. I'm keeping it real, bro. Like, how we let that dude get away with saying that, bro? We want to cancel everything but the shit we need to cancel, bro. How we let that man get away with saying that? Man, we got to do better, man. Like, I got like, bro, like, gee, how many cans did you had in that shit, bro? A lot, bro. That thing go, bro, this is the, I'm not going to lie, WD-40 is like ginger ale to black people. <laughs> WD-40 is like ginger ale. You sick? Drink some ginger ale, boy. Drink the ginger ale going down. Right? Man, what's wrong with that bike, dog? Man, you got to put some WD-40 on that thing. What's wrong with that lawnmower? Man, just put some WD-40 on that thing. That's it, man. Just put some... And here you go. You turn the bike upside down. You put the WD-40 on the chain. And you do it with the pedal. <laughs> you do it with the pedal. Look. Come on, man. Come on, man. Man, y'all know what it is, man. Check it out, man. WD-40, man, this is a staple company of America, man. The company has a solid dividend. It pays an 83-cent dividend per share. It is a three-in-one brand named. Uh, the company provides multi-purpose maintenance products such as um, liquids that lubricate, lubricants, degreases, corrosion, inhibitors, greases, and lubricants. The company was founded in 1953 and headquarters in San Diego, California. This is a strong company. The company has a great balance sheet, has a great management. It will not uh, reinvent itself. It is a staple company. The revenues will be consistent. Earnings will be consistent. It will keep increasing the dividend, but it's a staple company of America. It is down a lot this year uh, because... Like, once you buy one can of WD-40, you probably had that can for, like, three years. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they, they got some other things that they do have, but WD-40 is what they use. And for me, it's just a brand to highlight to show y'all some of the companies on the stock market that we probably don't look at. All right, man, let's get into this next segment. This segment is called The Wealth Track. So, for me... Y'all know this is probably one of my favorite segments, and this is when we highlight artists, because we love rap, man. Rap is a part of our culture. It's a part of who we are. We love hearing people tell their stories. But for me, 
as I've gotten in my age, I've realized that murder music has done a lot of harm to us. And what I have realized is that we often overlook that a lot of our artists actually have given us bars about wealth that we didn't take. We didn't use them. We didn't gravitate to them. We overlooked them. Not because we didn't hear them, but because there were a lot of other things going on in the music. Right. And so I've realized over my time, and as I just sit back and listen to rap, I'm like, yo, like, like the, the, the Kings be really blessing us, but they got to rap there because the money is made in pushing certain types of music. They can't talk about some of the positive things that they want to. And I feel like just in my heart, I feel like I always say that people like Dead Prez, KRS-One, they didn't run out of raps. Public, they didn't run out of raps. What happened was a different type of music became mainstream. But all of our artists, I don't care who you listen to, somewhere in one of them raps, they give us some game on wealth. Whatever it is. So this week, man, song by Fetty Wap. This was, a, this was a hell of a song when I listened to it, right? So now I spend my days listening to rap music, going through artists, just picking out some stuff. It takes me a time. I find it, right? And you can DM me. If you find a wealth track that you like that talks about that, you can DM me the track. I'll listen to it if you think it meets the criteria, and we'll go through it. This song is called A True by Fetty, man. And he said something else. Let's say he said, to all my money, to all my get money ninjas, y'all know he said another word, but I'm not going to say that. To all my get money ninjas who are, who are on a hell of a run, when you finally touch that M, hang up the block, you won. Leave it to the youngins on the block, because we done. Think about all them other nights with nothing. I'm talking business investments. Get your credit right. Watch your kids live that incredible life. Know that girl that held you down, your incredible wife. Never let them F ninjas discredit your strife. That's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a few bars right there. And we want to break it down. So I'm never the person to tell a person, get out the streets. That's not my job. My aim is to connect with people that have been in the streets and say, yo, bro, here's a different way. Here's a way to get some bread. Here's a way to save yourself. Here's a way to, you know, put your people in a better position. So Fetty starts off by saying to all my get money ninjas who want a hell of a run. One thing we know about the streets for sure is I don't care where you at in the street. Like if you a good huff, if you a good trapper, you're going to have a run. Like you're going to go on one of them flights. I'm talking about you wearing the same dicky suit in New Orleans. That's our thing. If I see the same dicky suit on for three years in a row, oh, I know you trapping. You got the same dickies on. You got the same G-Nights on. That means you in the mud. I'm about to leave. You, in on, your, you on your grind. You be eating high wings for six days. I get it. To so all my get money ninjas who want a hell of a run, when you finally touch that M, hang up the block, because you done. Now, this is how I interpret that. Every, hus- every trap in the street won't make a million dollars. That's a fact. It's, it's, it's a known fact. Everybody ain't going to big, big meat. For every 1,000 dudes that's really hustling in the street, one of them is everybody else you making uh, minimum wage at best. Keeping it real with you, right? Don't let the money tell you it fool you. That's re-up money. That got to go to the plug, right? You got to make sure you got re-up money. It is what it is. But what I will say is, <clears throat> if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're 
you set a dollar amount for hustlers, you can get that money. It don't always got to be a million. It can be whatever you want to be. Now, I'm not going to tell you, that ain't for me to do. Right? That ain't my, that ain't, I'm not the person to say, hey, bro, you got to, because I understand the mindset that go with that, and I understand the psychological. What I will say is, if you're in the streets and you're saying you're doing this for your family, just know that when you get locked up or when you go to jail, the same people you say you're providing for, you can no longer provide for. The same people you say you're protecting, you now put them at the mercy of the streets. I will say that to you. And I'm going to leave it at that. Now, what I think, what I like what Fetty said right here is, once you reach this M, hang up the block, because we done. Here's what you got to realize, yo. You got to have an exit strategy. You cannot hustle forever. You can't hustle forever. Like, there ain't no 401k, there ain't no, there ain't none of that when it comes to hustling, yo. I need this button, Jose. I love the game. I love the hustle. We got to find that button. I need that. When I leave these streets, will they still love me? Yes, they will. Yes, they will love you because you retire from the streets and you could give us the game, Rich. You feel me? But you know how rich we was. We ain't going to get on that. All right. So then he says, leave it to the youngest on the block. We done. What he just saying is, bro, like, you too old to be on the corners. You too old to be doing this. I'm not going to lie. I laugh at old. I'll be like, bro, you too. You've been, you been doing that since I was on the block. Bro, why is you still there? Right? And then look at it. He goes in something deep. He says, I'm talking business investments. Business investments and getting your credit right. Yo, he went to another level. Right there. That was it. This whole thing for me was wrapped around that right there. I'm talking business investments, getting your credit right. My brother up in here right now, one of the things I love about him is this. Hey, yo, my brother, I'm trying to get this star shit. You hear me? He be doing this. You feel me? <laughs> he on it. He on it. He on it. He like, yo, I got to get, I get, I got to get the stocks, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm doing different business things. Listen, when you hustling, when you grinding, you got to, all that hustle is good, but you got to start positioning yourself. You position yourself with business, investments, credit. So then he go a little deep. He said, watch your kids live that incredible life. Most of us come from the hood. One of the things we often say is, I don't want my kids to live the life that I've been through. Okay, well, what are we doing to put our kids in position to live that life? It sure ain't just buying them the clothes. Believe it or not, we teaching our kids to be more materialistic than us. Believe it or not. Because we often say this, I wish somebody would have taught me such and such and such and such when I was younger. Well, now that you know it, you teach it to the kids. All right, then you go a little further. Know that girl that held you down, your incredible wife. Now, I'm going to keep it real, yo. As men, as men, as black men, we truly cannot talk about building wealth if we don't first address the idea of having a black family. Keep it real. I ain't tripping. I get it. 
My, my guy, you got to heal from the abandonment issues. I'm talking to myself. You got to heal from them. Right? You can't keep using that as an excuse. Right? We can't keep using that as an excuse. We cannot say that I am building wealth if we are not talking about creating a family dynamic. Because wealth is about having heirs. So what it's about? Wealth is not about you dying with the money. That ain't it. One of the reasons why one of the most one of the most strategic things they did during a crack era, during slavery, was this. Disassemble the black family. If we do that, oh, it's a game changer. If we can disassemble it, if we can make the, the, the queen take on a certain role, if we can take the queen, the king take on a certain role, if we can put a child in a confused state where they don't really understand their role, if they don't understand their dynamics, if they don't understand that family culture and they take on another person's culture, it's hard to build wealth. It's hard to reshape that dynamic. Kings, that's who I'm going to talk to. Because that's who majority of my audience is. One of the things I pride myself in is focusing on being a great father because my little one here, she's six, and preparing myself at some point, one day, to be a great husband. I can't talk about building wealth if that ain't in my history. It ain't in my future. I, I can't. Neither can you, King. You cannot truly talk about building wealth if you're not saying, how do I get myself right so I can put a family dynamic together? Because as a family, you increase the purchasing power Tenfold. Tenfold. And then he said something at the end that's real dope. He said, never let them ninjas discredit your strife. Never let nobody take you away or discredit what you've been through. Because what you've been through is the reason why you're striving to be better. Shout to Fetty, man. I don't even know if he dropped them heavy-ass bars like that. Or maybe it's the way I broke that shit down. You heard me? It sound better than what it was. You heard me? You dig? <laughs> oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go, man. All right, yo. So check it, man. This is an amazing episode. This last segment is Wise Words from the OG, man. And I won't just carry over what I just talked about. 2022 has been such a year, man. We've been through so many ups. We've been through so many downs. But here we are, a week and a half, two weeks out, going into a new year. I want to ask you right now, what are some of the things that you will unanchor yourself from? What are some of the habits what are some of the beliefs? What is some of the language? 
that is keeping you from transformation. I want you to understand something. My message is always about speaking to a specific group of people that come from an environment that presented them with obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. What I will say is poverty doesn't care if you're black or white. The caveat to that is wealth doesn't care if you're black or white. There's information that we must intake that will truly change not just our lives, but the lives of the people around us. Somebody has to be the trailblazer. Somebody has to take on the risk. We must develop new mindsets. People often argue with me when I say working two jobs is a waste of time. It's always a debate. But I ask you this question. If time is our most valuable asset and one full-time job is paying you something, 98% of people won't get two full-time jobs. So the second job you're getting is often a part-time job that's paying you less. So are we now selling the same asset of the same value for a lesser price? I always say that the better thing to do is to learn a skill set. Because if we learn how to live off profits instead of wages, we tap into a whole new economic cycle. I understand that the second job may be helping you. I understand that the second job may be helping you get through certain things. But as long as you lean on that second job, instead of your own skill set and your ability, that second job will always be a false sense of security. Fail. Just think about that word for a second. Fear always interrupts legacy. Fail. Fear always interrupts legacy. The reason why most of us won't let go of certain false sense of security is because we're scared to fail. In order to build wealth, you got to be fearless. Because freedom is the most expensive thing that you will ever go after. I'll say that again. Freedom is the most expensive thing that you will ever go after. But the second thing I can guarantee you is this. Once you acquire it, you'll never let it go. Once you acquire it, 
you will do everything in your power to keep it. When I say we got to develop new mindsets, it means that I need you to develop the idea, the concept that everything that you want out of life is there for you to get. And the essentials that you need to acquire it are already in you. You are great. You are fearless. Some of us just need a little guidance. Every week we come to Trap and Tuesdays, our goal is to influence you. That's right. It is to influence you in a good way. I like to give you some of my confidence. I like to give you some of my beliefs. The goal is to help you change your philosophy on how you see money and how you see success. In order to do that, you got to tap in every single week. Because the longer you are around a person, the more you start to believe what they believe. The more you start to see life the way they say they see life. That's what true leadership, that's what true influence is. How do I think outside of myself? How does that person become successful? How did that person become great? I need that person's belief system. How many times have we said, only if I could do that? Well, you can. The reason we can't is because the current environment you're in doesn't support that type of thinking. It doesn't support that type of accomplishment. It doesn't support that type of belief. So my goal is to help us build legacy and to help us be confident in building wealth. And in order to build wealth, we got to truly believe in the black family. It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapping Man. Another amazing episode of Trapping Tuesday. Episode 21 is phenomenal, man. I feel good. I feel fulfilled. Man, I want y'all to do me a favor, man. Share this out. Share this to somebody you love. For Christmas, we are dropping an episode at 2 o'clock. So when you're with your family, I want you to share it with them. Everybody in the comments, do me a favor, man. Go to Apple. Go to Google Play. Go to Spotify, download every episode of Trapping Tuesday that you can. Those downloads help the audio go up. Those downloads help us get more recognition. Our goal is to be the number one show on investing in the world. And I can't do that without y'all. So I promise y'all, every week y'all come to me, every week we're going to get better and better and better. Nobody will out-deliver me and my team when it comes to serving you. It's your boy, The Wall Street Trap. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Today, let me hear that beat, baby.